You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 41 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, but you already knew that. What you are excited to hear about is how I'm with the amazing Jeff Gargas. <laughs> hey See, guys. Jeff, I went with amazing this time. I know. I like amazing. I'm good with that. It's a classic. Yeah, it's better than the last episode. But <laughs> It is. I will brag a little bit that we have a ton in store for this episode. Before we get to all of the fun that I am so confident we're going to have, Jeff, how are you doing? Ray, I am doing awesome. Uh, the, the, the world is beautiful out right now with all the snow everywhere here in Northeast Ohio. Um even though flights have been canceled and travel plans have been crazy, it's still been a beautiful day. Super excited. Um, I love doing these podcast episodes. It's just so much fun. We've, we talked about it all weekend and we talk about it a lot, but I say it every time, but I just love doing these podcasts. We get to talk with some amazing educators. And today, tonight is no different. We have an amazing educator. I'm super excited to have this guy on. Dr. Neil Gupta is with us tonight. Neil serves as the Director of Secondary Education for Worthington City Schools here in Ohio. Um, and, uh, and, and more than, uh, Dr. Gupa actually oversees the middle school and high school programs, and he actually leads the academic and safety work at the building, uh, principals and works with them on that. Uh, let's see, he's done a whole, I can go forever with this guy. So he's served on a, a whole bunch of different, uh, local and state committees. Um, he also serves on the board of directors for the Ohio Association of Secondary School Administrators Association, and that is a mouthful. Um, he's also a member of the National Association of Secondary School Principals and the American Middle Level Education Association. And if you need one more, he also is a member and a consultant with uh, ASCD. Um, he's presented all over the place at state, national, international levels of of, of anything from leadership to assessment to coaching. Um, and he also, in all of his spare time, he co-moderates a weekly Twitter chat. It's hashtag lead up chat. It's every Saturday morning. Um, super, super, super excited to have you on, Neil. Really appreciate you taking some time to to hang out with us, so have fun with us, share your story, and 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 you know just spend some time with us. So, how are you feeling right now? Man, I'm feeling good after kind of hearing this introduction. <laughs> that's the that's what we go for, man. I want to get your jazz wow. up, ready to rock, right? I, I can do that every week. Just kind of <laughs> right before going to work tomorrow. You know, give me a call in the morning. I'll take care of it. <laughs> I got it here. I got my script. I'm ready to go. No, Jeff, you got to get on Voxer. Then you could talk to him every morning. You just need me to Vox that to you like every morning, Neil? Just Voxer like... is the place to be. Okay. For Very cool. That's so funny. Well, Neil, I know that Jeff gave you a really great introduction, but there is absolutely no way that every time someone asks what you do, you say all of that. So let's go back to reality. <laughs> when you bump into somebody on the street or meet a new person and they ask what you do for a living, what type of response do you typically give? So I get to serve as the director of secondary education in Worthington Schools. Um, it's a suburb of Columbus, about 11,000 students. And I get to work with our amazing middle school and high school principals, our, our school counselors, um, and just kind of whatever needs done. It's definitely a, a team effort when it comes to things uh, that, that talk about safety and academic achievement. We've got a lot of leaders at the district level and, um, and at the building levels. And so I just try to serve as um, getting being responsive for them. Um, if, if they have questions, I'm trying to interpret as much as I can from the state level and uh, any kind of rules or policies and, and uh, get information back. Um, and then also, it's about coaching, right? It's about just kind of listening to them, 
kind of figuring out how to how to get through maybe some um, things that are going on maybe with some student behaviors or sometimes when parents are, are having some confusion and questions and just trying to work through some of those things that may not be written down necessarily in a, in a playbook, but kind of working through those things one-on-one -on -one or in small groups to kind of overcome some obstacles. I love it. And, you know, Neil, you, you, you've done a lot of things. You work with a lot of different, uh, so, you, you know, you get the, the opportunity to engage with a lot of your your different teachers in the buildings that you work with. Um, you've also been around doing this for a while, a lot of experience, a lot of different uh, positions and, and on boards and things like that. So I know there's been a lot of experience there, um, a lot of ups and downs, I'm sure, all around that type of stuff. Uh, we love talking about failure on this podcast because we love learning from it. So um, can you take us to a time that you've had a failure in your life? Kind of tell us what happened and how it made you feel. And then more importantly, how did you overcome that? And then what did you take away from that experience? Yeah, so I mean, I, we, we don't have that much time to go through all of the uh, failures <laughs> that I've learned from. So, um, you know, I think one that came early on in, in my career as an administrator was, um, you know, th th this idea about when I talk about being responsive and really trying to help lead through things. And I always like to be somebody about process and um, organized. I, I was a high school math teacher. So, you know, I, I think about it from that analytics standpoint. And when I think about an initiative, I sometimes, you know, kind of sit and you're going to laugh. I sit at central office and I, and I sometimes think about, you know, how can I help be as, as clear as possible? And um, so an, an example of that was when I was in, uh, in, in my first district and we were working on um, common formative assessments. So working on these horizontal assessments that would be um, uh, used at, at all grade levels and, you know, across all departments and courses and we take a look at these uh, assessment results that we'd give, you know, four times a year, gather the results back, do some analysis with it uh, in a cohort sense of, of with teachers and, and make some actions. I mean, it sounds great. And uh, so in my attempt of being very, very, very clear, um, you know, it's possible that, that you can, we can be too tight. They, they, there's some research out about tight coupling and loose coupling. And I think I was too tight in really making sure that, um, that this was even before the why, you know, the whole statement and, and concept about, you know, first start with the why, that really I was really purposeful in the what of, of how to do the nuts and bolts of these common form assessments. So it was maybe like 30 steps on how to do it. And um, so I remember one day in particular, I was waiting for the results to come in and I thought, let me go to the buildings and let me see what's going to happen. And so I walked into the first classroom and, uh, you know, one of the, one of the classrooms, the, the, the students were walking in, uh, they, were, they already knew what was going to happen that day. It was about these formative assessments and, and the kids were already walking in. They were sitting down, they were putting their stuff away. They were getting ready for these assessments. The teacher had kind of prompted them and explained to them the purpose of it. And, and so, you know, they were, they were organized and they were ready for it. I walked next door into the next classroom and students are walking in and, and uh, you know, the teacher's asking, you know, what, what, or the students are asking the teacher what they're going to do that day. And the teacher says, oh, we got to do this thing that the district wants us to do. We're going to hurry up and get that done so we can get back to, you know, our yesterday's assignment. So the, the kids, like, were, you know, kind of demotivated by that kind of statement. They, they haphazardly took this assessment in, in, like, a couple minutes. The teacher quickly picked up the papers, and they moved on to the lesson. And at that moment, I realized that, you know, even, again, before the concept of start with why, I realized that I could have sat at central office and not realized and got these results back and, and, and cr probably created a whole bunch of 
conversations about how the students weren't learning and the students weren't doing this and how you know we're not really meeting the needs of kids and and start changing educational practices when i had to take 20 steps backward and, and say to myself we really didn't do a good job of helping to explain and walk through um kind of the purpose and, and why we're doing these things so that students and teachers could be ready for them so it really helped me to kind of see that um and it, it, we had to kind of really go back to square one um, but it was a great learning lesson for me that I take with me when I go and, and, and think about other projects and initiatives that we're trying to do. Yeah, and so so, so many things in there. Uh, I love the the fact that you had to find a connection, the purpose for why they had to do those things, but then also that you reflected back on what had happened and took that step back and realized, okay, this is I could have this could have been a bad thing because I could have seen the results of this without ever knowing why the results were maybe worse than they could have been. And so I think. Two big pieces of the pull out of there is the fact that you reflected back on a, a mistake you made and how you could be better in the future, but also that, you know, Ray talks about it all the time, the purposeful, everything in your classroom needs to be purposeful, it has to have a meaning, it has to be connected to that why, and that's such a big piece. So I, I, I enjoy that story a lot. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, now I want to kind of flip it the other way around. So let's talk about a success you've had, and this can be something something big, something small, um, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you, and then what did you take away from that? Yeah, so I would say it's in our current work right now um, in our district. Again, there's great leadership there, and I, I get to work with our chief academic officer, Angie Adrian. And um, we're, we're, we have a, a good problem in Worthington. We've, we've got growth. We've got students um, mm -hmm. who are increasing in our size. Um, I've been in districts where it's been decreasing, and, and you know that's, that's tough. And, um, but in this situation, it means that we, we have space issues. And so we're, we're working right now through um, – a process where we're going to have our sixth graders that are currently in our elementary schools uh, be in our, our middle schools. And so we're going to have six, eight middle schools in, uh, in, the, in the coming years. And so to prepare for that, there's a lot of things. There's, there's the facility part to it. There's a master schedule that goes along with it. Um, there's staffing that has to happen. Um, and, and you could imagine um, even the little things that, that are big for, for uh, students and families, like traditions, what traditions are going to happen in, and are they going to continue to happen? And what building were they going to happen in? What grade levels? Um, so I, I think for me, a, a great success was, and it, and it could have been a, a failure. So, but luckily uh, I had some good coaching for me. We have 11 elementary schools. And I remembered, you know, that uh, we, we had done some work in, in, in trying to create a learner's profile. We wanted to create, what is our philosophy of middle school? And uh, we thought that would be a good driver for us to be able to, first before we go into uh, creating a schedule is if we understand, you know, what's our middle school philosophy. And um, so we, we did some work where we started working with a small group of teachers to, to think about what this learner's profile could look like. We, we went to our current middle schools, our seven, eight, grade seven, eight teachers, and we asked them all kinds of questions and gathered feedback from them. And, uh, you know, we have four middle schools, so that was felt like it was easy to do. And it, again, in my process of, uh, of, of trying to be as efficient as possible, um, back last spring, I asked our chief academic officer, she asked me, she said, when are we going to talk to our sixth grade teachers? And I said, oh, I've got an idea for us to have two after school meetings at our, at our district office and we'll go ahead and have them come to our district office. I mean, isn't that great? I'm, I'm giving them two. I'm giving them an option mm -hmm. to come either to day one or day two of these after school meetings. So we're going to gather feedback from them in, in, in our middle school philosophy. And um, Angie said, "No, we're we're going to go to their we're going to go to their schools, and we're going to talk with them." And uh, you know, I paused, and I, I had to remind her as if she didn't know. We have eleven elementary schools. That's eleven <laughs> after school meetings, Angie. 
Uh, are you sure we're going to do that? And, and she said, yeah, we're, we're going to do that. So I, I went ahead and we you know, scheduled to meet with 11 of them. Um, I went back to her and I said, I've got this scheduled or I've got this agenda. We've got to create this agenda before we go. What kind of agenda should we create? She said, we're not going to create an agenda. We're going to go. We're going to sit. We're going to listen. We're going to ask them what their hopes and their fears and their dreams are. And that, that's been the most powerful um, learning that, that I've had, I think, in, in a decade at least, or you know, all of my teaching career, going into these small groups, um, going into their schools instead of them coming to the district office level. Um, I don't know if they would have been comfortable coming all 11 elementary schools coming to two days. You know, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if they would have had the trust built in with each other or with me. But uh, for us to be able to go to those elementary schools um, and their small groups and their environments and then to walk in with with really nothing, just a clean sheet of paper that we're going to take notes on. Um, at first, the first group, you know, kind of said, what are we going to talk about? And we sat down. We said, we want to we want to talk and, and listen to you and we want to hear kind of what your concerns and questions and, and hopes are for this process and, and what we're going to happen. And it, it just became real, real and genuine to us. And it, it quickly showed to me that, um, you know, there's there's a logistic sense of what we need to do, but there's also a human side of what we need to do. And, and there's change for these elementary uh, uh, teachers that um, probably had been in these buildings for these elementary buildings for, you know, um, maybe their whole career. And, and now there was possible change that was going to happen that they would be going to a, a different building. And even though it's in the same district, um, you know, you set up families in, in those elementary schools and and uh, there's a trust factor. And so we had to reassure them that things were going to be okay, that they were going to be welcomed. Um, we had to hear their questions. We had to listen. Um, and that was tough. But I think that I think the success overall is we look back and we say that we did that, not because we um, of any um, other sense than, than it really is, is about, you know, making sure that we listen and we, we hear from people and, and try to make things as comfortable as possible when we have the ability and time to do that. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. Don't worry, we're going to get right back to the episode, but I really want to check out and make sure that you are connected with us on social media. Ray and I and the entire Teach Better team want to connect with you. We want to hear your stories. We want to be a part of your journey. We want to be there to support you in any way we can, and we want to learn and grow with you. So please connect with us. Everything we have is at Teach Better Team. And then, of course, make sure you connect with me at Jeff Gargas and Ray at Ray Hewitt. Let's get back to the episode. You know, Neil, throughout all of our conversations and your stories here, I really appreciate your focus on the why. I mean, obviously, both in, in both stories separately, right? Finding the why behind your teacher's, you know, eagerness to grow, why behind your family's needs to, you know, have some traditions that stay in the in the school, why behind, you know, changing classrooms. In every facet, this this consistency of really ensuring that you are reflective and making purposeful choices, it's so cool. And obviously, that that is echoed so much in the stories you told. You have so much pride in the staff you work with, and I always think that that's so admirable for 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 somebody to carry that with them. So when I change the question for you slightly to ask you what you're excited about in education right now, I'm not going to let you say that it's this this focus on growth, because I know that that's a huge thing for you, but what else is getting you excited about education and everything that you're doing? So, so you know, it's, it's a great question. And I, and I think I think what what a breakthrough has been just in the recent month, I would say, is really, you know, taking my role in a different in a different direction. Um, still, I've got to do the day to day things. But the idea, and, I, and I've always, I guess, prided myself on, on coaching and giving coaching tips and coaching 
opportunities to, to help other educators or you know other other administrators both in my district and, and elsewhere to, to kind of you know help get better at, at things um, but Brene Brown has been you know somebody that I've just been kind of reading and listening to her, her you know a lot of her videos on YouTube on vulnerable leadership and and practicing it is something that's way out of my comfort zone. You know, I'd rather just tell people or you know, kind of walk people through a process and get a process done. But the idea about emotion and the, the idea about conflict really scares me. And uh, so I decided to practice some of these things in the past couple of weeks, as far as you know, really having critical conversations and and really you know, digging a little bit deeper into root uh, root cause or root feelings or some some feelings that have been around, I guess, festering for a while. And I think people, and, and I'm not saying even with me, just, you know, two people that I think that there's some buried uh, feelings that have gone on. And I could have gone in and, and, and just said, look, we're going to go this direction and move on. But taking an extra amount of time to say, let's, let's talk a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper on some things and uh, let's be vulnerable. Um, let's think about, you know, where that's coming from and really un let's uncover things and let's go to a place of healing. And, it's it's been amazing to get the, the the healing that's happened not only in the meeting and when when you know the meeting concluded for us to to move to a direction, but three or four days later to get an email or to to talk with that person later to say that was really good that really helped me um, you know I, I I realized that there was always some piece of me that was holding back and you know I wasn't willing to let go but but you helped me do that and. And, and so because of those things, it, it, it's again, I'm not I don't know if it's going to be any less scary ever. I, I wonder if it'll, it'll ever that'll ever go away. But the benefit of it is definitely outweighing, you know, the, those fears to be able to say that, you know, we're really starting to help people. We're still really starting to kind of move in a, in a better direction rather than just go ahead and, and uh, just kind of, you know, um, passing over, I guess, some of the things that people have been kind of feeling for a long time. Well, it's really powerful. It, it really is. That vulnerable vulnerable leadership is so challenging, but essential to to do. So that is very, very cool that you're working on that. You've obviously had some great results so far. Now, I want to shift. I know you've done a lot of coaching and a lot of leadership uh, roles in your past. And something I've always wanted to ask you, so I was, I was really excited to get you on this podcast, was the advice that you have for new teachers. You're um, a very big leader in the education field. And I've just personally learned so much from our own conversations. Um, and when I think about the, the direction education's going, um, I want to make sure that the teachers entering our field or the teachers that are just getting into their first job or maybe they've moved school buildings recently, you know, what advice do they need to ensure that they are making the right steps to this more purposeful education that we are, that we're building to? Yeah, that, that, that's great. And I, I do get that question a lot, which is interesting. Um, and it, it happens. Um, it's interesting. It happens when, when there's a new teacher, it happens when uh, a, 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 maybe a seasoned teacher uh, goes into a new position. And like you said, a new district, a new building, um, maybe they're going into administration and they're, they're asking for that piece of advice. And I guess regardless of, of any of those things, I think it's, it's going to be um, to just seek balance um, for them not to burn themselves out to to make sure that they can um, leave work at work at, as much as they can at times. I know with email and, and things like that, it gets hard. Um, I, re I remembered that we I was part of a, a hiring team early on and we were looking for a social studies teacher and we narrowed it down to two that on paper and in the interview, they were pretty much similar. But um, the, the last question we I, I remember asking 
them was um, separately was, um, you know, what do you, what do you do to relieve stress? And one of them said, I read books, I read books, I read books. And it, it felt like the canned answer and maybe it was their real answer. But I also thought, you know, gosh, you know, is that it? Is that all this person has is, is work, work, work. Um, the other person who we ended up going with said, I run, I run. And, and the look on her face when she said that just kind of helped, like gave, gave me that I felt like I could breathe when she said that. And um, so I, I think that, you know, there's, there's obviously certain energies when somebody gets a new job, they, they, you know, tend to pour into everything because of the newness of it and because of the excitement factor. And, and I get that. And, and, you know, that that's always going to be there, but um, just making sure that there, there's block time that they understand and know there's things about like the law of diminishing return that says that, you know, after a while being in the office and working um, yeah. you know, your productivity actually goes down. And so, taking time to kind of, um, kind of, you know, see those things out. Um, they, they have to make sure that they're, they're, they're being fed, you know, and, and, and keeping that, that joy alive. And so if they know what their purpose is, they know why they're doing things, um, that they know that, that there's creativity that has to happen. A lot of people sometimes think that, that, um, in order for them to kind of go to the next level, there has to be the next job. Um, I don't know if that's always the case. I mean, sometimes that's the case, but sometimes it may be just a pet project that you need to have. And it could be, both at the school um, or, you know, at the district level. Um, it could be with just a, a student that, that uh, you know, you have that pet project of wanting to kind of work with a student. Um, but sometimes it could be just kind of, you know, uh, blogging. It could be podcasts. It could be uh, reading. Um, could be even just meeting with other educators from other, other districts that, but, and, and, you know, reading books to kind of seek that joy out. But and those things are good, but make sure you've got the other part that goes along with it. Uh, go for a run, have a hobby. Um, go out with some friends, but make sure you see balance. Yeah, finding time for yourself and taking care of yourself is, is just crucial. And mm -hmm. we see it we see it far too often with 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 not just new teachers, but all teachers who they're so passionate about what they do. That is really hard to do. So we we were constantly trying to preach that. So I'm really glad that that's hey, that's the direction Jeff, we went with that. Yes, ma'am. What's your hobby? My hobby? Yeah. How do you just relax? Trying to be like you. Oh, come on. I want to know. I, I, my hobbies outside of working out and running, my, the, where I go to is typically uh, either playing guitar or, or I, I'm, a, I'm a gamer too. I enjoy playing some video games as well. That's, that's where I go one. to if I don't do the, you know, the, you know, I do workouts and stuff in the morning, but if I need something else, that's where I typically hey, Jeff, are you, you're like on Fortnite, so my son should be. <laughs> uh, no, my, my son is on Fortnite, and it was funny when he first started playing. He's just seven, and when I finally I let him get it, and when he sort of like challenged me to play, not realizing that his old man was a, a former gamer, <laughs> and I wiped the floor with everyone, and he's a little bit, whatever, like shocked. But uh, no, no, I, I don't even get to play much anymore. So usually it's just grabbing a guitar for a, a couple songs just to kind of let something out for a little bit and go from there. But Neil, so. are you willing to share your hobby? Gosh, I, you know, I, I would just say I'm just starting to get back now into exercising uh, five morning i'm, I'm calling myself out on public right here 5 30 in the morning and it's been working so Love it. uh Ooh, that's it, awesome it's been the best thing to kind of start off my day and and I, I hope to keep it going it's more than the new year's resolution for me um but yeah that, that that that's kind of what i need to kind of keep myself kind of going the best thing i did was back in august changing it and start get up at 5 a.m and, and getting a workout in best thing i've done in a long 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 time so 
Well, Neil, the next part that Jeff's about to ask you is about the most stressful part of the podcast. So you might need to go do like an extra workout after this <laughs> question series. I'm actually, I, I wanted to throw one one curveball at you here, Neil. I wanted to do something. So, you know, because we have a lot of teachers on it. We don't always get a, a ton of admin. And there's something that I, I always love to kind of connect because, you know, we get to work with both teachers and admins and both. And we get to hear the pains on both sides. And, and you know, there's a lot of different things going on. Is there... If there was one thing that you think that you would love as an administrator for the teachers that are down there in the trenches to understand about where you are at and your view and your feelings on things that you maybe don't think that maybe gets just lost in the shuffle of what you have to do is the one thing that you just want them to always know. Is there something that you would share with them? I know it's a kind of a curveball question. Do you understand what I'm trying to no, ask? I, I, I got you. And I, you know, All right, I, cool, cool. I think it, I think it, it takes time. I mean, uh, Maybe and I don't know how long I don't know what the magic number is or anything like that, but um, I, I may wear an administrative hat, um, and, and it may come with a decision that I think may not be what a teacher at a particular particular time may may you know find uh, uh, you know that, that agrees with them or anything like that. But you know sometimes we're, we're we are bound by either some policy or we're bound by. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, finances, and so I feel like I'm sometimes the face of maybe when an answer has to be a no, um, but that doesn't mean my heart doesn't break or my heart, my heart doesn't want to go a different direction. Um, you know, I, I, I'm an educator first. Um, I want to do what's best for kids. Um, I, you know, when you say those taglines and things like that, but at the same time, I, I feel like, um, you know, you, you kind of have that that when there isn't that strong relationship, when I was in my first district, I went from, I think, teacher to administrator in the same district. I think that there was still that respect level of, you know, people knew where I came from. And then when you go to another district, they just kind of perceive you as just an administrator. And I, I want to be able to say, you know, gosh, I know what it feels like, you know, not, not to a hundred percent. I don't know if I could ever understand to, you know, being in a classroom today, exactly what they do. That doesn't mean I don't care or, or, or don't, you know, um, you know, kind of feel for, for where they are at times. And, and, you know, when a decision, like I said, may not go their way. That is exactly what I was looking for. It's perfect. Is that, it hurts. I, I, I think that, I think it, I just, I, from our experience, I feel like sometimes that just gets lost and they, and sometimes, you know, because of, like you said, cause you're bound to certain things and sometimes that leads to a no, or maybe a decision that doesn't always sit well with everyone. I think that it gets lost. The fact that you are an educator first, mm-hmm. you're a teacher first, and you do care and you do want what's best for them and <clears throat> for their students the same way they are. So like you said, it perfect. I love it. Awesome. All right. So now we're really going to get down to business here. So Ray can stop freaking out over there because she's always nervous at this point. But we're going to do the next six questions. And your goal is to answer each one of them in 15 seconds or less. Are you ready to go? I got it. I'm ready. All right. Here you go. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? So it's Voxer. That's not I, Twitter I, for me. It'll be Voxer. Definitely. I, I could have guessed that. Great one though. Uh, what's uh, one book that you're reading right now? Uh, so just finished yesterday, the energy bus, um, mm. and our, got to applaud our, our superintendent, our district uh, uh, district office uh, that has secretaries, treasurer, uh, administrators. We're all reading that book together. Awesome. That's a great practice. And who do we need to follow on Twitter today? You guys have to, everybody's got to follow Jennifer Hogan. You can find her at, at Jennifer underscore Hogan, H-O-G-A-N. She's a blogger. Lots of energy. If you get a chance to hear her present, you got to go. Love it. What's the best YouTube channel or website or resource for educators? I, I don't have one on this one. This one got me. You do, you know? have, do you have a podcast you go to or somewhere you turn to when you need inspiration or 
positivity yeah, so, or something? I'll or? Go there, but I won't. I guess it's not for educators. Um, That's okay. Um, but Andy Stanley, uh, right. pastor, and he's a leader, um, and he's he's just got inspirational nuggets just uh, woven through it in the podcast that he goes through. I will take it. That will work. And what is one daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher needs to get into? I would say journaling um, or blogging. So journaling if they just want to keep it confidential, um, blogging if they want to make it public, but it's got to be a place for self-reflection. I know for me, it helps to also put things down. I put it out there because it's, it becomes a challenge then when I make it public. Awesome. And what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? So I had a professor in, uh, in uh, post-grad work, and uh, she reminded me to have the skin of an armadillo, but the heart of a marshmallow. And I, that's, that stuck with me. I love Aww. that. That's, I love that. That's great. That's like one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, that, so that's cool. definitely, that's I up there. It up. I can't claim it, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> well, Neil, I know that everybody listening will really appreciate your insight, and I want to ensure that they can continue the conversation with you even after listening to this podcast. So would you mind sharing out how our listeners can connect with you? Absolutely. So you can, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Neil Gupta. So D-R-N-E-I-L-N-G-U-P-T-A. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Um, I don't, I'll, I'll definitely uh, uh, friend you or follow you or whatever on, that you do on that. But uh, usually it's just for family pictures and things like that uh, on there. But that is Neil Gupta 25. Um, and then I, I write my blogs um, and uh, I'll give you the website. It's uh, www.drneilgupta.wordpress.com. And uh, try to put out, um, gosh, a, a blog a week is what my goal is. Uh, but it's got to be at, for inspiration and not for uh, anxiety or pressure or anything like that. So, but that's been kind of the goal that I've been tracking. And then uh, finally, Facebook. I'm on Facebook still. And uh, that's Neil Gupta. Awesome. And did you say Voxer? I am on Voxer, and that's also, at, um, I believe, at Dr. Neil Gupta. No, you can find him on Voxer for sure. So that's awesome. Appreciate that. And you know you can find all the links, all the resources, everything we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as all those really important links to connect with Neil. Uh, so we'll have all that over there in the show notes. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any other uh, the, of the episodes because there's a lot of you listening, and I think some of you haven't subscribed yet. So Ray is watching. You want to do it. She sees you. Anyway, so make sure you give us a rating review. We'd really appreciate that as well. And what I'd really, really appreciate is if you could think of someone right now who you know, whether it's a teacher, a friend, a family member, or an admin, whoever, that needs to hear some of the awesome stories these amazing educators are sharing with us every week on Teach Better Talk, please share this with them. Tell them to come listen. We, we want to continue sharing these stories, and we could use your help there. So, Neil, really just a huge thank you to you for taking some time and sharing all your experiences and your and your your knowledge with us and, and having some fun with us. Man, we really, really appreciate it and, and hope to do it again soon. Sounds great. Thanks. I appreciate both of you for allowing me to be on here. Thank you. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. 